And welcome to the show. This is episode three of Why We Get Schwasty. Hello. My name is Jonan Rennings. With me is Ergus Flynn. Hello, yeah. And Felipe Franco. Why didn't I get a weird version? You, you did. I swapped the first letter, letters of everyone's names. Not for mine. Yeah. What does they say? Franco. Uh... <laughs> 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 you uh, fell into my trap. Uh, How's everyone doing today? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Loving the enthusiasm. Um, I'm right, I'm good. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Jesse Ware. Really? your recommendation last week, yeah. Uh, What's Your Pleasure, the album. It's really did, good. Did you like it? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's so good. So good. It's yeah, just, I've been yeah, doing the same. fun, funky disco, and that's... Yeah, it's, it. and, and, and it's, it's not like um, that. it's great. It's not. It's not like it feels fresh. You know, what I mean, it's not like too mainstream pop. It's like really interesting. Yes. Uh, shall we discuss our topic for the week? Yes. Yes. Again. Let's do what that. Uh, so we're revisiting once again the subreddit hobby drama. Mm-hmm. as we did last week. So for those of you who didn't listen last week, uh, this is a subreddit where people give in-depth breakdowns of intense and immense drama that happened in very, very specific hobby groups. Uh, so it's everything going wrong and people being furious at each other for, uh, for hilarious reasons, but about very obscure things that no one other than these people gives a shit about. And it's fascinating. So, mm-hmm. our one for this week. Uh, I, so, should probably, I should probably mention now that uh, Felipe and I are going in blind here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you heard, you heard it here first. This is our raw reaction. <laughs> yes. Okay, so before I even say the full title of this piece to you, if I said the phrase Snape Wives, hmm. Could what you would you think of that? Is this a Tumblr thing? Uh, quite possibly. Um, Can you say it again? Not, not exclusively. Snape wives. Snape wives. Snape, Snape wives. as in Severus. Wives as in wives. Brilliant. Um, okay. Just get, just going off the top of my head here. Is it a group of wives who? have a group and their wives and they fantasize about <laughs> being uh, married to to Severus Snape. Aha! Uh, almost exactly on the head. Um, just not intense enough. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the, people the... who are actually married to Severus Snape, like the fictional character... Uh, oh, like legally? No, oh, no, legally. not quite that. Ah, uh, yes. No, 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 that no, 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 no. Sounds more like it. Okay. No, not actually <laughs> legally. But uh, so the full title of the piece is "Married to Severus Snape on the Astral Plane: 
the story of the religion of Snape wives. What? Wow. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, the breakdown here is that it's a it's a, a seemingly exclusively female religion of women who believe themselves just married to Severus Snape, who who of course lives on the astral plane. It's uh, a religion. So, it, it's it's a religion. So I'll break I'll break down that. I've got a bunch of different segments here. We can discuss it as we go because it gets okay. it gets more and more intense as as it unfolds. So we can discuss each bit as we go. Uh, so first of all, Snape as a character, he's he's big in the fandom um, because he's he's uh, moody and misunderstood and all mm-hmm. that. And so a lot of uh, a lot of sad teenagers latch onto him. Um, and he's well, an R slash nice guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's easy for people to get latched onto him, and he's quite big in in the the old Harry Potter fandom. Um, but these people have taken it to another level. Uh, they call themselves some themselves Snapeists or members of the Church of Snapeism. Okay, no, let's go back there. <laughs> <laughs> they call themselves what? Snapeists. Snapeists. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Mm. Where where is like the headquarters of this organization? Uh, it seems it seems to be exclusively online. So worldwide, but worldwide, yeah. Is there no? Is it like? Is it all in ling- in English? Oh, um, that wasn't said, but um, I don't know. Because I'm just gonna go on a on a. On a yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take a guess here and, and assume this is based in some kind of obscure Midwestern town in the States. Mm. Uh, that and the deepest depths of Tumblr. Yes. And then if you drew a Venn, Venn diagram, it would be like Snapists. Oh my God. <laughs> Southerners. <laughs> and then in the middle, you have like hardcore Trump supporters. Mm, yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Because there's, there's, there's definitely something culty about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, speaking of um, the the quote, the direct quote here is that uh, the religion of Snapeism had vows, sacraments, prayers, worshippers, and theology, and it apparently had enough of an impact to warrant peer-reviewed scholarly articles being written about its inception. So, people took this seriously enough for it to be kind of considered an actual religion. They they had the forms and the structures of of a formalized religion, which is insane. So is Snape their god or their husband? Uh, both. So so what's J.K. Rowling to them? Okay, so that's interesting. Um, I've, got, I've got another direct quote here because I couldn't possibly do this justice here. Uh, there's a Christian belief that the Bible is somewhat flawed. Its authors were inspired by God, but God did not literally write it. And so mm-hmm. it's marred by human flaws, which is why there are passages that just talk about irre- irrelevant things that Christians don't believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Snape wives had the same philosophy about the Harry Potter books. They were written by J.K. Rowling, who was inspired by the spirit of Severus Snape, just as the authors of the Bible were inspired by the Christian God. So she's a she's a prophet of sorts. So I they guess? genuinely believe. So they believe Snape isn't a character of Rowling's um, creation, but more of a she's more of a vessel. As you said, a prophet of of, of the story of his exactly, story. Exactly. Yeah, he is. So he's the one true Snape. god. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's Fine. the OG Snapeist. Oh my god! <laughs> but why is 
<sighs> what's so special about Snape? And I don't get me wrong, I love Snape in the in the Harry Potter books, but what's so special about... Surely, if there was going to be a cult about someone, it would be Harry Potter or Voldemort, the two most, you know, interesting or, um, pow- you could argue, powerful, maybe Dumbledore characters in the books. But why Snape? Well, I think it's because people can relate to him on a more personal level. Uh, like, uh, Voldemort, yeah, he's powerful, but no one actually cares about about the magic of the of the Harry Potter universe. And no one, I mean, obviously, probably people do, but yeah. you wouldn't get huge swathes of people legitimately thinking, oh, I want to be like Voldemort. Um, and <laughs> Harry is a, Harry's a little shit. He's a good character, but he's infuriating. He can be quite, yeah, uh, annoying. Uh, but as, as Fergus said, the r slash nice guys, uh, Snape, he's the classic. Oh, he just he just wanted love, but no one appreciates him. No one understands him. If only people saw the world from his perspective. Oh. Also, I think there's kind of a bit of an angle we haven't discussed yet, and that's that Snape is a little bit of a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is entirely what this uh, cult is about. <laughs> yeah. Daddy Snape. Oof. <laughs> Give me a detention, Daddy Snake. Snake. Which page do you want me to turn to? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh stir up my cauldron, Snape. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> you don't want me as your... I, I can't do it. I can't do Alan Rickman. He's... R.I.P. Too good. Rest oh, in peace, Alan poor Rickman. Poor man. And this is his legacy. Hans Gruber. Oh, gosh. I'm glad he, I hope, never found out about this. <laughs> I hope I hope he's um, in, um, in, his, in his heaven now with, with all his Snape wives. And, um, yeah, he, he's on the astral plane. He's on the astral plane, yeah. Yeah, that's what's, a good point, though. I wonder what these people thought about Alan Rickman. Yeah, what's their thoughts on him? Is because he obviously, if if J.K. Rowling ch- channeled this immortal Snape to write him, then was um, Alan Rickman well, Alan kind Rickman's of channeling just an actor. Well? But was he like, like channeling? You know, like those memes, channeling sh- his image. Yeah, you know, like the powerful Shaggy memes. How like Shaggy is like an entity who's like mm-hmm. super powerful, <laughs> and like the actor who plays him was just like channeling a little bit of Shaggy's power on the set each day. Was it kind of like that? Like Alan Rickman was like allowing the spirit to flow through I him. guess so, yeah. That's why, that's why he slept with every member of the cast. Oh my God. <laughs> we can't defile Alan Rickman's name like this. The Alan it, Rick- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alan to, Rickman. To the Alan Rickman estate, uh, this is purely satirical. This is not yeah. factual. Does it say in, in, in the Reddit about if they believe, if the reason... They they have this following is because of Alan Rickman's performance, or is it more about the books? No, I think it's more about the books um, because um, it doesn't really mention Alan Rickman at all. I think uh, because his performance was great, but the character the characterization in the films is largely like very very surface level um, compared to all okay. the depths you get. In the books. I, I do know someone who has never watched the films, but is a big fan fan of the books, and she has never watched the films because. Um, she has her own image of what these characters are like and what they look like. And that world is built in her mind way before the films Mm -hmm. um, 
and she doesn't want to ruin it. Doesn't want to change that. It's I, it lives I in her mind. That. It lives in her mind, and I, I found that really interesting. Maybe these people, maybe they haven't seen the films. Oh, they must have though, because it's 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 like extra holy scripture. Oh, because then that reminds me, uh, there was a point where uh, some people wrote. Or could fan it be fiction. blasphemy? Yeah, well, that's the thing because some people wrote fan fiction and some uh, erotic fan fiction about Snape, uh, but because of how they described J.K. Rowling and her writing, um, they argued that they themselves were inspired by Snape as well, and so this erotic fan fiction about Snape counts as scriptural text. Uh, so they could consider the Harry Potter films in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also some other people disagreed with this and they thought this was sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but uh, there's a big issue at the center of this because people are, people are married to Snape. So the central theological debate here is that can can these women have boyfriends and husbands outside outside of being married to Snape? Uh, and so they, they took a few different routes. Um, some people some people claimed it was okay because uh, Snape himself had multiple wives in all of the Snape wives. Um, some people said it was all right because uh, Snape was on the astral plane, so that made it different. Um, some uh, some people said that Snape possessed the bodies of their boyfriends and husbands. That's uh, last just... It notes especially during sex. <sighs> especially. 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 Which is weird. But it does say some people stayed celibate because of Snape. I have respect what's their, for those people. That's... What's their opinion on Lily Potter? Oh, yeah, they must oh I don't the... know. I didn't see that. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything here either. Um, she must be like kind of like the Mary Magdalene figure. Yeah. Yeah, or, or are they jealous? Yeah, or are they jealous? I mean, she wasn't one of his wives, though. Jealous of well, what, actually, the friendship? That's, that, that's another good point because some people think that J.K. Rowling's depiction of Snape in the books is fundamentally wrong and incorrect to the truth of Snape himself. <laughs> 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 I feel like the uh, the jealousy they might be feeling is maybe Snape's longing of her. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I still don't get where they like get this like J.K. Rowling, who let's not forget invented all this, um, is wrong. Like she wrote she wrote it wrong. Yeah, she, um, because she was channeling the spirit of. The spirit of Snape, of course, uh, but she was incorrect in her writing. She she messed up somehow. Uh, she was a bad prophet, and so the Harry Potter books themselves are sacrilegious. Is there so, any more prophets? Well, well, some people argue that they themselves are when they write the fan fiction. Right. What I'd be really interested in finding out is um, instances of Snapeism through history before the Harry Potter books. Um, <laughs> That would be very interesting. <laughs> because I think that's probably where where the dis- the future of the discourse here lies, is finding historical evidence. Um, yeah, I, am reading, I am reading here that um, Snapeism died somewhat of a death. Yes. Um, um, so so I've, I've got some info for you here about that. Um, okay. So there were, there were a number of issues. 
uh, like the ones I just said, there were there are arguments about whether people could have husbands. Uh, people uh, got into fights about that. Some people uh, were pissed off that others were writing um, writing fan fiction. They got into arguments about J.K. Rowling, and like so many of these things, it slowly became more and more toxic and vile. And they um, had arguments, uh, and there were there were loads of tiny schisms, and it all slowly broke apart. Uh, but um, sorry to interrupt. Was this all, is this Reddit thing, is that a summary of it or, or did it all take place on Reddit? Uh, that, that's a summary of it. Summary. I think it took place no. across uh, a variety of, just on uh, the a variety of uh, yeah, internet sites and blogs okay. and things like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this was just someone who was at ground zero watching it, typing it all up. Um, were they, I wonder if they were a snake wife themselves. I wonder, I wonder. Usually with these things, it tends to be someone who was who was a part of it, who was into it, and then and then got out before. Maybe someone pretending to be Snape wife. Oh, maybe. Like our, like our figure from last week. Hmm. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Maybe this person only pretended to have a small Snape wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the it was slowly falling apart with all these small schisms, but the final nail in the coffin... Um, oh, I'm going to read the direct quote here. The real nail in the coffin didn't come until later when something terrible happened. One of the wives, uh, a quite prominent wife, it's established in this, fell in love with someone else. <gasps> if you're one... <gasps> I know. As uh, if you're one... a real person or... Uh, uh, well, like well if Potter. you're wondering if one of the Snape wives realized that this was all insane and found herself an actual physical significant other, well, I respect your optimism. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's incorrect. By fell in love with someone else, I mean stopped worshipping Snape so she could worship Jethro Gibbs from NCIS instead. <laughs> After all, this is a religion we're talking about. You can't be a Catholic and a Protestant at the same time, and you can't worship Snape and Gibbs at the same time. Yeah, how would you even explain that? That what yeah, is, he, is he also a god? Is there a pantheon of different uh, fictional characters? I suppose they could share the same universe because in the Snape universe, Muggles exist. But True. then if he's a muggle and Snape is magic, then how are they both on the same level? I don't know, I don't know Felipe, free your mind. You've got to stop thought, talk, thinking in these terms. Uh, J.K. Rowling was flawed. You can't, you can't play by her rules. No, you think I about think you're right. Uh, he's on sorry. the astral plane. He, he's not teaching in Hogwarts. He's in space. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As is Jethro Gibbs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Unless this was all a lie and Snape isn't and Jethro Gibbs is the one true god. I think that's fast to find out, isn't it? Well, I think there's an argument to be made there that uh, all these figures, um, Jethro Gibbs, Severus Snape, um, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, um, they're all the same person and we just have different names for them and different stories we tell about them. Mm, and they, yeah... He, whoever he is, affects everyone's lives in slightly different ways. Yeah, whoever and we, he, we interpret they, his word. Are so yeah. maybe so maybe then Jacob Rowling is just a continuation of the prophets of old. Of what religion? Of all religions. Of all religion. But yeah, as as if there is if there is only one God through 
all of time and history and around the world, uh, affecting everyone in different ways and forming different versions of themselves to fit the times and the locations, maybe uh, the best way for this god to manifest themselves and form a following in the modern day was um, via young adult literature. <laughs> and Severus but Snape. But wouldn't the god make themselves the god in the literature as well? I guess, well, I guess not necessarily, um, because the, the the job got done. Mm. Um, because people people follow him, so they got they got the impression from the scripture uh, that he is the god, despite what the text would say. They read between the lines, showing that they are <laughs> the true believers. They wrote between the lines and then read that. That's what it. <laughs> that's what, it's really, that's really what small writing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, um, so just to round this off, I've got one final, one final quote about the end of Snapism. The death of Snapism has been attributed to numerous things. Some Snapists blame J.K. Rowling for handling Snape's p- spirit so poorly and not writing the truth. Still, <laughs> <laughs> Still, others say that <laughs> she must. I, 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 I hope she knows about this. She does, uh, and I, I hope she does. I would be freaked out <laughs> and kind of pissed off. It's like, what do you mean I wrote it wrong? I, I made it up. <laughs> Still, others say that it was all Snape's plan. He is omniscient, after all. Snape created the world, mm. and he can end it too. Oh my God, I, I wish Snape would, would end J.K. Rowling's Twitter account. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he has that power. Yeah, so if, if J.K. Rowling is a prophet, is everything she says a prophet? Is, is, every, is all of her words prophet? I think we her can Twitter? safely say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's we found uh, our answer. a conclusion to get to. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not get, start getting too ahead of ourselves saying that saying on record here, recorded, uh, that J.K. Rowling's Twitter feed is the word of God. <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> That's digging ourselves. We, we uh, did not say people. that. We have not said that. <laughs> oh, holy shit. This is so, so weird. Wow. Um, I mean, I've heard of, you know, Harry, po- Harry Potter kind of fan bases or... St- getting a bit more than a fan base kind of going into like kind of cult status <laughs> <Like> but obsession <laughs> not obsession yeah but not uh, not this i'm just this reading kind of yeah some of these comments now like the the final little bit of this of this post is uh, who knows? Only one thing is certain. Snapeism is dead and Harry Potter fans everywhere are breathing sighs of relief. And the top comment is, I remember an old title on Fandom Wank. First of all, interesting. <laughs> interesting one I remember an old title on Fandom Wank that goes like, I have had it with these motherfucking snapes on this motherfucking astral plane. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, gosh. Uh, fandom wank what is fandom wank I don't if don't I do google it. that what is going to happen <laughs> you just uh, get a knock at your door some... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this um, is the FBI 
<laughs> We've come from America for you. <laughs> uh, We've been sent by our Lord and Master Severus Snape to <laughs> apprehend you. Uh, yeah, they, oh, it they, looks they, like there's a website uh, making fun of drama caused by fans okay. on the internet. Yeah. Also known as Wank. <laughs> That's a blue link on, on fanlore.com. <laughs> what, Wank? Wank oh, is no. a synonym. synonym I, I sh- actually, no, I'm not going to do it because I feel like the past two podcasts we've talked almost exclusively about filthy shit. So <laughs> we're above this now. We're above if you this. know what yeah, wank, we're, we're, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, on that note, on with the show. Mm-hmm. On with the show. On with the wank. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, the universe was created in 1977 with the release of the first Star Wars film. Here's our Wikipedia concept of the week. Uh, I'll go next. Um, so I want you all to, dear listeners, please feel free to look along with us. Uh, this is on Wikipedia, the Star Wars wiki. Um, this is for a character from Star Wars Galaxies, a source of endless entertainment of us on the podcast uh, for its imaginative take <laughs> on uh, on just l- what life must be like for the regular regular Joe in the galaxy. Um, this character is called the Meat Lump King. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse you? The Meat Lump what? King. What? Why does that exist? The Meat Lump <laughs> on King. On Meat Lump, one, mo- one word. One one lump, one oh one word. Oh my god! Oh look at him. Uh, and I'll he looks like little flamboyant. He does. He looks like the adoring fan from Oblivion. Um, <laughs> I will read his quote on the top. <laughs> meat this is from the meat the meat lump king. <laughs> I live my life. I don't apologize for taking care of my meat lumps, and I refuse to be a fool dancing on the strings held by any of those imperial or rebel big shots. That's my life. And I don't apologize for that. Um, the Meat Lump King was a human ruler of the Meat Lumps, a gang sometimes labeled a terrorist organization uh, <laughs> by the Karelian Security Force authorities as fanatical and somewhat stupid progress haters. Wasn't it the Meat Lumps who uh, tried to overthrow the Capitol a couple of weeks ago in Washington? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they wanted to keep the Meat Lump King in power. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, that's the perfect new way to refer to to that man as the, the meat, meat lump king. Lump king. Fucking I up. think that's giving him too much credit because this meat <laughs> lump king seems to be somewhat competent because um, he doesn't apologize for taking care of his meat lumps. Um, last week we had yeah. the, uh, the smoking PSA uh, <laughs> we looked at. This week we've got the Star Wars version of uh, check your balls every now and then for lumps. <laughs> Um, don't apologize for taking care of your meat lumps. Um, so I took some notes oh, here okay. about the meat. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm having a scroll through, noticing noticing some excellent uh, subtitles, but uh, yes, probably cover uh, those. <laughs> um, the meat lump king became king because he was the tallest and most glorious of the meat lumps. <laughs> right from so what the, age? Because surely that changes as people get older and, you know, 
Um, that's a good question. It's not entirely elaborated. So upon. he usurped a previous usurp, um, previous meat lump king when he became no, tall. He was the first meat lump king. Basically, what <laughs> happened is, from my understanding, he abducted three boys called the Bender brothers. <laughs> right. Um, from their dad, Lucian Bender, who was an abusive cyborg. Okay. Um, and he abducted these boys and kind of indoctrinated them and. One of these boys, because they love this dish called meat lumps, decided we are the meat lumps. And Wait, you are it's our based king. off a dish. It's actually based off a dish. Yes. Um, and there's lore here because the meat lump king once dropped his meat lumps into a river. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Was it a meat lump as in, as in the food or as in the abducted children? Or, or his testes. Well, yeah, what uh, do you think? Was, it was, do you mean he was washing his meat lumps? <laughs> he, no, he was. He was. This was the dish. He was eating his meat lumps right. by a raging river, uh, and he accidentally dropped them into the water. Uh, that must hurt. <laughs> I'm just thinking about yeah, like the force from dropping them in to this raging torrent of water must have been quite traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he dropped his his meat lumps into the water and tried to catch them. <laughs> Uh, but he didn't catch them. So he fell in trying to catch them and, and got swept up and he wasn't a very strong swimmer. Uh, so he was carried by the river uh, and almost drowned. Uh, but eventually he he managed to get to a distant shore. Were his uh, meat lumps buoyant? Uh, I don't think so because otherwise I think he may have used them to try and float on the water's surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, just but he grasped didn't. them. Mm-hmm. Just just grasping them uh like all your meat lumps mm-hmm. um which is something we know he's a fan of because he, he suggests you know checking your meat lumps regularly mm-hmm. um don't forget to check your meat for lumps <sighs> psa from why we get choice to uh, but yeah so this near-death experience changed him um and now he never eats snacks by the water um, <laughs> that was the lesson he took from it. <laughs> uh, we we know from from descriptions that he was very vain and self-involved. He was very much like a a dentist type from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He surrounded himself you with mean cardboard. All, all, all of that cast. I'm not going to get into it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he surrounds himself regularly with cardboard cutouts and paintings of himself. Um, uh, there's. Uh, so was point, he so full of himself that he's like, you know what? I can go eat by the river. No one else can. <laughs> me. <laughs> I believe the river incident uh, maybe humbled him somewhat because mm-hmm. uh, he realized he was immortal, just like everyone else, even though he was the tallest and most glorious of the meat lumps. I like. Speaking of that, I like how the meat lumps were these three children. He abducted, but he still felt the need to justify him being the leader by going, "Well, I abducted you three children, but I'm taller than you, so I'm in charge." Um, if I wasn't taller, then this whole thing would be would be out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to look for for three small kids who are shorter than me and who would never ever <laughs> get bigger. Um, so yeah, that's how it started, but then it eventually grew into a cult of thousands, uh, oh. all all rallying around the Meat Lump Manifesto. Uh, <laughs> is it is that an actual thing? Or are you? That's, being a, that's an actual thing. Oh my Could god! We, just 
just for for our own sake, is is the is the manifesto written down somewhere? Uh, I surely they would have had to. You could have. I couldn't uh, find the actual text of it. Is there anything in the in 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 the article that says anything about how the king of the meat lumps got people to join the meat lumps? So there is a bit of a description of his philosophy, which is he was anti-technology. He used to design weapons for the empire, um, and decided that he didn't like the way. Uh, his technology was being put to use and that technology was a source of great evil in the galaxy. So they become eventually a terrorist organization. So, so they're kind of exclusively like the, like the meat lump terrorists. They're kind of like space Amish. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, except like incredibly violent because they, they blow thing, they blow shit up. I uh, don't know mm. how they do that without technology. It's apparently they use their hands to blow things up. Yeah. Um, Yes, fair. Um, they had their own currency, the meat lump lump. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, uh, shut up. I have, I have the article here in front of me, but I still think you're making all of this up. It sounds like you're just making oh my it up. God, who, who is responsible for this? I want to, I want to find... There's so much information. What's this th- that's what blew me away. Is This is a full... This is a... <laughs> a meaty article. <laughs> it's full. It's yeah. Stacked. We're like halfway through it. What? Um, yeah, like there's not like I didn't. I, around this point, I stopped taking notes because like okay, that's just too much. Um, but uh, some other notes I have here is apparently there was a, a delicate a delicacy drink that the meat lump king liked to take in his chambers, which was meat lump wine. Um, Why is everything not- named meat lump? Why can't they just call it wine? <laughs> <laughs> they need to make sure you're constantly a little bit uncomfortable. We have to do that meat lump meatballs. It's just <laughs> meat lump. My favorite yeah. is meat lump lump. I, I have to say, um, <laughs> it's like what should we name our currency? Meat lump lump. Um, personality and traits. This is a direct quote from the king himself. Too many meat lumps think I'm a concept, or I complete them. <laughs> Or I'm going to make them alive. But I've got my own peace of mind. I don't need yours. And I won't give you mine. So he's quite a wise fellow. (laughs) Um, But I will not tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing another quote. (laughs) I'm seeing another quote here of someone, someone talking about the meat lump king saying, so am I a meat lump? Yar, you always have been if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're on saying, I, I, apparently so. I shouldn't give away all our secrets to some new meaty. <laughs> so they, they affectionately uh, refer to each other as meaties, it seems. Um, right. If all of this seems a bit meme uh, it's because it is. It was this, this was a character in Star Wars Galaxy who was literally memed into existence by the player base. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Which, which makes it very, like, makes it, uh, very interesting to me because they essentially just corralled and bullied the developers into making them a real thing. Um, basically, yeah, the this is the, under the behind-the-scenes segment. The Meat Lump King was a non-player character in Star Wars Galaxies um, who was vaguely referenced in an unfinished quest line. Um, <laughs> and, and players just built up so much lore about him like to the point where new players would think he was a real thing in the game to find like a big hidden secret 
that about seven or six years into the the game's run, the developers uh, made an entire questline about him. Uh, chapter ten of the game, the search for the meat lump king, on wow. June nineteenth, two thousand eight. Wow! Um, and so and so they used all of the lore that the players had made up. Yeah, so it's very much tongue in cheek, which is why this is just so silly. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah, there's too much information for him to just be a non-player character in a random <laughs> game from twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow! Uh, but he's quickly become one of my favorite characters from the extended Star Wars universe. Oh, I love definitely. how it says under equipment as king, he wore a grotesque multicolored coat. Trimmed with feathery <laughs> details. Uh, have you seen that coat? I would not call that grotesque. That is fabulous. It's beautiful. Um, it, it, again, it's very like um, 90s or like 80s Joker. Or like, yeah. Yeah, it's like he, he skinned a peacock and he's wearing it inside out. Yeah, and he also painted his face like a clown. Uh, good, good for the developers, though, to put that in the game from something that the players found funny and got invested in and they they spent their time they they spent loads of time and resources and money and manpower to bring this into existence yeah they Uh, they basically they held a poll for like um which character uh like what's the exact phrasing here it's uh yeah they held a poll to put him up for a vote as a contender for a new heroic encounter foe, which I guess was a thing in the game. Uh, but he lost that first one uh, by a very close margin. Um, but he was still so popular. What the fuck is this? Sorry. Um, I'm reading, On April Fool's 2008, the developers published a tongue-in-cheek feature titled Wrath of the Meat Lump Queen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, she's a character. The Meat Lump Queen was a legendary individual who was believed to be the queen of the Meat Lumps. But her article's much shorter, which is disappointing. Have you seen under Meat Lump Menace, on the side there's a picture, <laughs> and it says the Meat Lump King was alleged to have collected thousands of these dolls, and then it has a picture of a doll. And if you click on the doll, it's one of the most hideous things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I've ever seen. It's like a. I don't know how to describe. It's like a. Well, it's like a. It's from a video. It's from the video game, right? It looks like yeah. Sackboy from uh from Little Big Planet. Yeah, it's like an old rag doll, but it's made out of about four polygons. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, rag doll <laughs> made with watercolors, but like really badly painted. So it's kind of like spilt everywhere. <laughs> and then with about four pixels. Um, oh beautiful. Wow. Anyway, that was my that was my contribution to this week's I think that was video. Wonderful, thank you. That was amazing. It was a lot of fun to to research. <laughs> Ronan, how about you? <sighs> um, if we're only doing one per week, nothing I have can beat that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. well, tell me what you had. Uh, so I found a character called Big String. <laughs> it felt exactly how it sounds. Big string is is it big is it the, string? 
Is it the like the the character from you know like those cheese strings adverts? Is it you know where he has like the afro? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like a, a raster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big string who's just like a uh, scary-looking frogman. Um, that's, that's, that's quite a sad story, really. So Species amphibious alien. Yeah, he. So he was a crime lord. He was a crime boss. He had a fortress. He ruled over. And his whole story is that uh, a bounty hunter rocked up. This bounty hunter called Chanath Cha, who looks vaguely Mandalorian. Chanath Cha, real smooth. <laughs> uh, she, she rocked up and she was hired by someone. It doesn't even say who. It doesn't even say who had a grievance with Big String. Just that someone didn't like him. She rocks up grabs him and was like, you're coming with me, lifts him up into the sky and, and is going to do something, probably like threaten him, extort him, <laughs> uh, try to get some money out of him. But halfway through, she just gets a call from Palpatine. So she's like, oh, i got to take this and drops him. Oh, and he and dies. Does he die? He dies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Oh, this picture of her like flying through the sky holding him looks so sad. He, yeah. It looks like she's giving him a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when a bird like goes down and collects a fish and before it's eaten, it's just holding it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just drops it. Oh, oh. oh! Every time I see Palpatine's name, by the way, written out fully, I, f- I forget his first name is Sheev. Sheev. <laughs> Fucking Sheev. <laughs> 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 oh, and yeah, that's a quote here as well, uh, where she says, "Oh, so this is when they're midair." She says, "Sorry, my friend, but when this particular client calls, you drop everything." What? What? And then she drops him. <laughs> Those were his last words. Damn. So she made she made a bad pun. He was probably, sitting oh, his I see what you mean. Now that was a good one, and then just. Yes, it's pretty good. But just like the poor tragedy of Big String. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a crime boss. He had a fortress. He was doing well for himself, the big frog man. And then like, who, and we don't even know who had an issue with him or what they wanted from him. But just like, unluckily, the bounty hunter got a call from, a call from Big Sheev. You shouldn't be on your phone while you're flying. Yeah, it's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You might drop a frog man. <laughs> oh, he had green strain. skin, green eyes, and a pudgy physique. Sounds like hits a bit close to home. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me after like on a hangover. <laughs> green eyes, green skin. <laughs> String was able to wield a blaster but could not swim. <laughs> First of all, I just know the, the, the definition. Like... <laughs> yeah, they mutually exclusive things. They go hand in hand. Wait. But the definition of amphibious is that you can go underwater. I wonder if he at some point could swim and then just like forgot because he was on land for too long. He kind of evolved to forget. Oh. And in the end, he learned how to fly. <laughs> oh, big <laughs> wait, string. Wait, oh, the irony. Char dropped him in the ocean. Oh, 
Oh. He could have just swam. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Big string. Oh, no. You know what? Charles probably was like, in her mind, as dropping it, was like, oh, he'll probably be fine because he's an amphibious <laughs> alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll deal with this guy later. I'll take this call. Yeah. Be right back. Just swim Stay back. where you are. Just swim back. I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, big strain. What a name, too. Oh, I, I'm Amazing. really looking forward to referring to Hungover Felipe as Big String. <laughs> <laughs> We're all drunk one night. It's like, oh, it looks like Felipe's going to be Big String tomorrow. <laughs> big String. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. We're nearing the end of the show now, but before we go, we've got some recommendations for you. Recommendations. Recommendations. Recommends. Recommendations. Recommendations. Felipe, what do you have for us? Oh, I got the police on my phone. <laughs> oh, recommend the police. Great band. No. <laughs> <laughs> no recommend the police. My God. Oh, no, it's the firemen. I recommend them. They're oh, good. recommend them. They're the good. fire department, yeah. Okay, uh, my recommendation is the genre of music called Japanese... Well, it's called city pop, but it's Japanese. So Japanese city pop. Um, I like the sound of this. It's... Um, got a big cult following nowadays and it seems to be doing well but it's it's heyday was in the 80s it was kind of like i suppose japan's answer to western 80s pop music and it's kind of it's like 80s new wave kind of synth stuff but with Mm. jazzy and funky disco stuff and it's amazing um and what i love about it is that city pop unlike a lot of music in general comes with a very distinct visual aesthetic so if you type in city pop onto google images you'll get a really nice that's like vaporwave type stuff mm. like aesthetic yeah oh yeah so cool like 80s like that um, neon, neon purple cities. miami mm. it's it's look. it's so cool it's yeah and it, and it just goes hand in hand with the music it's really cool really cool um, um there's I'm a, a big lot of fan of uh, how, what's her name? Uh, Maria Takeuchi. All oh, right. Uh, Plastic yes. Love. Yes, it's a great oh, song. Great song. So, the producer of of that song, Tasuro Yashimata, is like the guy of city pop. The man. So I'd recommend if you were going to start off. You can only get his music really if you buy it or on YouTube. His album "For You" by Tatsuro Yashimata. Um, his album "For You." It's. Hmm. I'm I'm, I'm reading as well that um, a lot of people cite along with uh, Tatsuro Hashimata uh, or Hamashita. It's it's, um, it's kind of spelled Yamashita if if you yeah. know if being Western is pronounced Yashimata, I believe. Oh Yashimata, okay. Um, uh, along with uh, Haromi Hosono who is brilliant. Um, big fan of Hosono. Uh, his song Sportsman is one of my all-time favorite songs. 
Sportsman. 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 You must have been in sports. a Volta. Volta White. Um, it's yeah, it, it's brilliant. I'll, I'll send you guys that. Yes, please. Sounds good. I I'm a big fan also of um, Miki Matsubara, uh, who uh, in particular her song "Stay with Me," which is just such a bop. It's so yes. fun. Yeah. Every time I listen to it, I I, I feel. Has what that I assume, been, a, been a meme lately? It might have been. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I listen to it, I feel what I assume people mean when they refer to happiness. <laughs> oh, Fergus, it's okay. Stay with me. At least you have the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. City Pop, that's my recommendation. Cool. I'm going to listen to more yeah. of that. That was nice. I like how we all had a, a little bit to contribute there. We all knew something about that. Yeah. Mm. Usually our recommendations are all so niche that it's, it's one of us talking and the other two going, okay, that sounds cool, whatever mm. that is. Mm-hmm. I'll check that out, <laughs> uh, which which we then do, and then it's really cool. Uh, but it was it was nice. We nice. We were all knew a bit about a bit about that, but I didn't know that that whole genre existed. So I'm going to mm-hmm. dig deep into city pop. So good. I'm excited. So good. Ahead. Uh, so I've been watching the early works of Robert Rodriguez, uh, specifically recommending the film Desperado. Ah, Johnny Depp, I believe. Incorrect. Uh, with Antonio Banderas. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I, I've always been aware of Robert Rodriguez um, as, as this figure in Hollywood and uh, particularly for the Spy Kids films. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, I'd, never, I'd never gone back and watched his, his early, early things, uh, starting with El Mariachi, which I was astounded to discover has uh, the Guinness World Record for the lowest budget film to make more than a million dollars with a budget of 7,000 pounds, which is nothing. Fucking crazy. That's nothing. Yeah, Uh, so it seems like he he just wanted to make that for Mexican home VHS release. And then someone from from Paramount or one one of the studios saw it and went, this is the coolest shit ever. Let's put this in cinemas. And then it made a whole bunch of money. So just before you start, I don't want to comment until we finish this. Where Robert Rodriguez is reputation as a director in the film industry, what what would you say that is? I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd say it's it's good. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. He's 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 delivered a series of hits. Um, he's had a few misses, but on the whole, I think his ratio is pretty good. Okay, because yeah, I've he heard has, a, he a couple been... people, a mutual friend of ours, Daniel Watler, um, has a, a a deep hatred of Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> oh <my laughs> really, <goodness. laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, he has a very specific style. Um, yeah, it's very high kinetic. Um, I like to think it's we're excluding his kids' films. Um, it's as if you tried to make a Tarantino film, but only after you'd filmed it and once you got into the editing booth. Mm. Uh, so it's that like intense, 
a really high octane action like Tarantino, but purely via just like cut, 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 punch did, in the face, um, you're flying. Did machete, didn't he? Was that him? He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Magic. And Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> yes. Which yes. apparently there's a sequel coming out. Yeah. It, no, it, it came out. Um, oh, it came, it came out, out already around Christmas. But Shark Boy is not in it, is he? Or is he was recast? He was recast. Um, so <laughs> Shark Boy now wears a big helmet, <laughs> so that you can't see it's not uh, Taylor Lautner. He's, he'd he'd <laughs> really? be Shark Shark Man now, wouldn't he? Yeah. Or just Shark, shark. Man. And, <laughs> he's grown up, and now it is just a shark. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's still Lava Girl. Just but lava. She's married. She's no. married to just a shark. It's lava and shark. <laughs> she's just become lava, and he is just a big shark. Have you seen that video that's been going around? Um, it was in the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian because he directed an episode of that. So there's just a shot of him uh, playing guitar alongside Baby Yoda. And oh, because Baby yeah. Yoda's like completely animatronic, Baby Yoda's sitting there like bobbing his head along and looking up at <laughs> Robert and then looking back. And he's just like, yeah, diddly little ding. And it's <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, he's a cool and guy. I, like from appearances, like he was on the Chef Show with John Favreau. Oh, was he in an episode? Oh, okay. And he's got like really interesting philosophy on like creativity. It's just like try and be as creative in as many things as possible mm. in your life. Um, anyway, you were going to recommend? Yeah, so Desperado. Desperado. So it's the second one. I, I think it's a second feature film. Yes, uh, but he might have done something in the middle. Uh, so he made El Mariachi, and then everyone loved it, and he basically just made El Mariachi again, but with the Hollywood budget. And he nice. recast the main guy rather than just being his friend. He got Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's in it. So oh, yeah. Hard. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, the, the opening shot is just Steve Buscemi's face. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. This, this, the whole first film was like shot in a car park in Mexico and it was all in Spanish. And the opening of the second film is just Steve Buscemi's face. <laughs> I was like, right, this is this is different. Sick. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun. The the action is just so over the top. And just as I was starting to starting to get used to it, it got <laughs> way more over the top as his old mariachi band rocked up and they were using their guitar cases as rocket launchers and machine guns. And it was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And it was so good. Uh, so next up for me to watch is the finale of that trilogy, uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh. Which I know nothing about. I didn't realize it was a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and then Spy Kids. Trilogy as in... Just a group of films, or like story-wise. I think I think story-wise trilogy. Um, I mean, they're, they're quite they're quite loose, but it is it is very much the same character throughout them. Um, the second film, Desperado, is all about him getting a revenge for the events of the first film, uh, which was quite fun actually, because there was a flashback to the first film uh, where, yeah, right. but, but Antonio Banderas wasn't in the first film, so they reshot the scene it was a flashback to shot for shot in the same place with all the same actors except it was Antonio Banderas instead. which <laughs> <laughs> is oh, you got to feel so for fun, the original so guy. Oh, it's, it's Once Upon a Time in Mexico that has Johnny Depp. Ah, right, Ooh, okay. So, so he's rocking up in this one, I see. Um, well, the original guy, he produced Desperado 
And the original guy was the guy shooting machine gun bullets out of his guitar case in that big, <laughs> ridiculous action scene. Sick. Now he's on board. I think he, okay. he understands that he can compete with, with Big Bandy. With Tony. Cool. I will add Fergus. it to my ever-growing list. Um, Do you have a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I watched this all last night. It's new on Netflix. Um, new-ish on Netflix. Uh, with Nick Cage. It's a documentary series. History of Swear Words. Oh, I've seen that floating around. Um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, it Because I never really thought about... Um, swear words that much in depth before like what they mean where they come from uh how they're used how they change over time how they soften over time uh like how damn used to be like the worst word and then uh there was a big fuss about it being used in like gone with the wind for example frankly my dear i don't give a damn and then Mm -hmm. and then it just like over the past century just becoming something that is just more and more acceptable to say and how like people think other swear words will go that way as well. Like at what point, well, like right now a kid can say damn and it's only a little bit like depending on the company, it's only a little bit just like, whoa. Um, but like in 50 years, will a kid be able to just like walk in, stub their toe and go, fuck. <laughs> and it be and have it be like completely fine. Like maybe, who knows? Well, it, it, it seems to be there's, suppose, there's like a, a rotating evolution of these where you can see the old ones fading out and the new ones coming in um because like well, damn we don't care about anymore um and then fuck would you call uh, it a rotation or desensitization well well i i think there's there's always going to be a new one yes yeah, so uh, whether that's us being de- desensitized because are you implying with rotation are you implying that damn will come back oh no so uh it's a lo- rotation on a on a very 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 long piece of string it's big. A, on a big string <laughs> a big string yeah <laughs> sorry a sliding a sliding scale then so as okay. some fade out uh, as we get desensitized to them like damn no one cares about that anymore mm-hmm. um and fuck is in the center um and as as that's fading out we have things like cunt on the far end um <gasps> yes. uh, which is which is, ooh, that's like, oh, sorry to anyone who's offended by me saying that there. It's, it's, it's for an academic purpose. I apologize. Mm-hmm. It's still getting, at least in the UK, it's very desensitized. Yeah, like there was a whole bit in this documentary about how like in, in the UK, and it, it's all about like, swear, what the thing with swear words is it's all about context and where and when you say them, that their power is held mm-hmm. or whether or not they're offensive. And how like, yeah, in uh, in... The US compared to the UK, for example, there are some words just, just you can't you can't say them. Whereas like in the UK you can greet you can greet a friend with like what's up, you you can't, or something like that. Um yeah. uh, but if you say that in the US or even here in Canada, actually, I've I've I don't know, there have been a few times where I've said it in a friendly way. Um uh, and people have just been like, Oh, what the fuck? I <laughs> know um, oh, it used to be I used to be like um, terrified of swear words in in like high school, for example, the first few years of high school, mm. I would I would never say that word um, under any circumstances. But then, as this documentary highlights, most of the things, most of the time with swear words, it is about the context you say them in. Um, like, I don't think I've ever called anyone like I don't think I've ever said "fuck you" to someone and actually meant it in like an aggressive way. Because mm-hmm. um, mm. if somebody says that to you, 
it, it is very powerful. Like if somebody says, oh, go fuck yourself and they actually mean it. It's like, oh shit, they're, they're trying to hurt me with that word. But I could tell Ronan to go fuck himself right now and I think it would be How fine. How fucking dare you? Whoa. Um, yeah, so uh, this documentary has six episodes. They're all like 20 minutes long. So it's like very easy to just binge, which is what I did yesterday. And uh, each episode is about a different word. So the first one is like fuck. Second one is shit. Um, third one, I think is bitch. Uh, which was really interesting to me because, um, like, I don't know, it highlighted a lot of, like, the, the history of that word that I wasn't maybe familiar with. Um, then I think there's dick, there's pussy, and the last one is damn. Um, the dick and pussy episodes are are the funniest ones, I think, before. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, just, I don't know, like... Also, Nick Cage is incredible. It's like the kind of like host of this thing. Because like, I don't know, he's so weird. <laughs> Every time he says the word dick, he does this weird <laughs> thing with his head. Like, I, I can't even... <laughs> like, it, like it hurts him yeah. to say it. Dick. He's like, dick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, very, very interesting. Very enlightening. Um, would recommend watching I'm- it. I'm going to watch this. I really hope it turns out that... Well, I, I just want some record of some monk somewhere in the 1500s writing the word pussy. That's all, <laughs> that's all I hope for. That's all I hope to discover. That one was so interesting as well because they were talking about words that have like uh, not survived over the years that would refer to the same things. Uh, and and some of the old timey words for pussy are just fucking hilarious. Um, are they like? Um, is there a combination of words that now it just don't exist, and some words that are just back to their original thing, or is it just one or the other? Like I don't know for for the the pussy example, like it obviously like originally came from just like a term for a cat, and mm. then that kind of morphed into um, just a general affectionate term for a woman. Um, and then, so like the phrase stroking your pussy was like stroking your woman, like holding her and, and uh, you know, like being affectionate towards her and her vagina. Um, and then eventually just like circled in on, on the vaginal <laughs> aspect of it. Uh, but like along the way, various things like Quim Whiskers was one at some point. <laughs> I'm reading an article now. This wasn't in the episode, but apparently in the early 1900s, some people would <laughs> refer to, oh my God, <laughs> uh, just that thing, um, Venus Honeypot. Uh, and then later, oh by the end of the 20th century, Bikini Burger, Hairy Donut, Bacon oh. Sandwich. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I hate them. What the fuck? Uh, well, there's a reason why they haven't lasted. Can you imagine <laughs> um, you're tr- you're trying no. to get sexy and you're just like, oh yeah, give me that bacon sandwich. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to go? You want me to go to the kitchen right now? You <laughs> oh, are you are you hungry? Okay. Um, but yeah, the the one for Dick as well is really interesting because uh, of the li- words listed, uh, that is the only one that originated from a person's name. Um, mm. It was Richard, uh, which became Rick, which then became Dick. Um, and how, I don't know, 
Again, the, the context question is really interesting to me as well because, I don't know, Dick, the phrase, the, the sentence that they actually use in the episode is like, it can mean so many things. Like, you don't know if they're talking about like the body part, uh, like, oh, look at that guy's dick or um, that guy's being a dick, like he's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a great sentence. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, very, very interesting. Um a lot of like etymology going on, which I always find. Mm, I love me some etymology. Yeah, uh, would recommend you watch it. Great, thank you. Yeah, and that brings us to an nice. end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we have oh. been three guys with nothing better to do. Uh, out of this, the three milkmen, the three bogmen, bogmen, the milkmen, no, the milkmen, not the bogman. <laughs> and this has been <laughs> why we get shwasty. Um But I know, guys, what do you think? Uh, do, do you think Snape wives is is that why we get shwasty? I think it's probably up there. Mm. It's up there. It's um, maybe a partial I think reason. it'll go down as a classic uh, possible reason to get shwasty, but I don't it's think... It's circling the drains. The reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. To be honest, I didn't feel very shwasty today. I, uh, oh, well, that's yeah. a shame. Oh, maybe it wasn't then. Maybe. Oh, do you think we need to have another crack at this? Yeah, I think maybe try again yeah. next week. All right. Yeah, we'll try again next week. In that case, we'll see you then. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and email us in your stories and reasons why you get shwasty at why we get shwasty at gmail dot com. Next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.